Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Steve Palazzolo now joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. You can get a hold of him on Twitter at PFF underscore Steve. Steve, how you been? Doing great. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for joining us. i uh, got a question for you. I'll start off with what James Jones had said yesterday that he believes – Aaron Rodgers is going to come back and have an MVP type of season. So you tell me, because I thought statistically, I wanted to kind of break this down. Does Aaron Rodgers, statistically speaking, do you feel have it in him to have an MVP type of season? Yeah, I think there's a couple things at play here. My dad, I didn't hear the the quote from James Jones. My, My guess is he's kind of playing to the emotional mental part of it. In that part of it with Aaron Rodgers, we've seen, we've seen with great players, when you doubt them, when you put them back in a corner, they do have an ability to kind of, uh, you know, rise to the next level. My guess is that James Jones is banking on that with, with Aaron Rodgers. We've seen Tom Brady do it. You know, it's a Michael Jordan type of characteristic. I mean, it is something that the great ones have. So I certainly wouldn't pass, put, it, put it past Aaron Rodgers to all of a sudden say, hey, you know what? You just drafted a quarterback. You just drafted a massive running back. You're trying to draft a an H-back instead of giving me weapons, I'll show you, right? So to me, right. that's what would ha- have to happen for, for Rodgers to have an MVP caliber season. Now, as far as the the numbers go, I think there's an interesting dynamic between the actual passing production of the of the Packers offense the last few years with Rodgers uh, and his actual play. The, the passing production has been way down from where it was at his peaks, you know, the 2010-11-12 seasons, 2014, the 2016 stretch, they've been way down. And Rodgers' play has been not as far down, I would say, as the stats have shown, but certainly he's taken a, a step back. So um, I would say uh, it would be a surprise to see him bounce back and have an MVP caliber season only because it is difficult to see beyond Devontae Adams and a little bit of Alan, Alan Lazard. And it, it would take a lot, of, a lot of things to happen for those playmakers on offense to, ha- to help Aaron Rodgers put up the statistical output he needs to have that MVP, MVP caliber season. So uh, one of the big questions we continually discuss is whether or not the Packers are still the cream of the crop when it comes to the division. Do they still have the top spot in the division? How much is the gap closed? And I think you and I talked about that a little bit the last time we had you on with the draft. I feel that maybe Minnesota got a little bit better, at least on paper, whereas the Green Bay Packers seem to be kind of going for depth and going for maybe later on down the road. So uh, what, what I heard from Matt LaFleur uh, just last week and Mike Pettin just last week when they both said, hey, defensively speaking, we're good. It was just gap assignment and some of the things that we didn't do correctly that when we correct this, our defense is going to be really good. Statistically, for what this defense put together and put on the field, do they have enough to support the offense and to stop the run? Because that was their Achilles heel last year. 
Yeah, I'm not too worried about the run defense because, you know, to their point, you know, that that's a that is something you can fix. I think the trouble there uh is so I think a lot of times when when coaches and evaluators when they when they look back, they look back at the most recent thing that they saw and say, "Hey, if we just fix this this and this, we're going to be fine." Um assuming that everything else is going to stay the same. And and I think that is where sometimes there are there are issues. You know, the Packers had a pretty good pass defense. And they're built to stop the pass as far as their personnel goes, which is great. I mean, that's I think to, over time that is what you want more than being able to stop the run in, in the NFL. You just don't want to get gashed in the run game. But I also think it's short-sighted to say, hey, the defense is going to be fine. Just fix a couple gap assignments and we'll be good. Um, I do think the way to win in, in this league is to dictate the action and to score more points uh, because that's something that you can control more than the defense because your defense is very dependent on um, you know, the quarterbacks that you play, the passing offenses that you play, the teams that you play, um, you're only, you're just at the mercy of uh, how good teams are on your schedule. So uh, my point is, I think uh, the strategy should have been, I think, to create an explosive passing attack around Aaron Rodgers, who still has the ability to play like a top five quarterback, still has that in him. Um, and instead, I feel like they're, they're leaning toward, hey, we'll just rely on the defense. We'll run the ball a little bit more. We'll protect Aaron Rodgers instead of taking care of, one of the top eight assets in the entire NFL. They have a top eight, five to eight quarterback in the NFL and Aaron Rodgers. And that is where you get your baseline of, of, of wins in, in today's NFL. Um, also, when it comes to the NFC, I, the NFC seems to be more top heavy with really good teams versus the AFC now specifically. Um, but if you had to kind of look at this and, and I don't want to say go top one through five, but just if you want to clump them together, I think New Orleans is very good. Minnesota's good. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are good. Tampa Bay has got exponentially better. Who else? Uh, if San Francisco is very good, who else? Uh, is in that top five, top seven category where you can say any one of these teams could possibly win it all. Yeah, the NFC is tough year in, year out. I mean, that's consistent. I think the Eagles should be in that discussion. I think the Cowboys should be in that discussion. I think both teams last year, they underachieved for different reasons. The Eagles, uh, they, they had crazy injuries, uh, and they've really, uh, I think, overhauled that offense with speed and playmakers. And in any given season, Carson Wentz to put up some huge numbers. And the same thing with the Dallas offense. You know, they they performed well offensively, okay defensively, and, and they just had some bad luck as far as uh, the metrics that kind of uh, expect to turn around. Dallas is high there. And then you mentioned the other teams, the Saints. I think, you know, the Bucks obviously with Brady have to be in the mix. And the NFC West is loaded. Anytime you have Russell Wilson on your team, you have a shot in Seattle. And the Niners have reloaded as well. Uh, my question about Minnesota in the North, though, I, I think the Packers have as good a shot as any team to win the North because, you have that baseline of Aaron Rodgers. You still have the best quarterback in the division. And I think with Minnesota, they had a massive overhaul this offseason, you know, losing guys like Stephon Diggs and then you know, bringing in a ton of rookies. So there's just a lot of question marks because they're so young. Um, but, yeah, the NFC, it's been the story for the last five or six years. It, it's a loaded, very difficult conference. Talking with Steve Palazzolo, senior analyst for Pro Football Focus, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Now I want to go to the AFC. Uh, is, is is the AFC East, is that Buffalo? Or, I mean, I don't know how we can at this point say that the Patriots are going to have a say in it, other than the fact that the mad scientist that is Bill Belichick is is steering the ship. But is it Buffalo's division to lose now? Yeah, it's, it's funny because I think it has to be Buffalo but you're certainly not going to go too far out on that limb and, and doubt Bill Belichick because there's two big things at play. As much as I talk about the quarterback being the most important uh, position on the field, 
that's probably the biggest weakness that the Bills have. The Bills are uh, excellent defensively. They stop the pass. They have Tredavious White in the back end, a great scheme that's done fantastic over the last three years. They might have the best all-around receiving core in the league with the addition of Stephon Diggs to go with Cole Beasley and John Brown. Uh, but Josh Allen's still a question mark. He does add a lot with his legs. He's just such an inconsistent passer, even with steps forward that he took last year. So you've got a big question mark at an important position, but they have the best roster in the AFC East. And then you've got, you know, Jarrett Stidham. We don't know what we're going to get from him in New England. If he's a competent quarterback, though, and you have Belichick and the defensive mind and a good secondary there, I think it's a battle between, uh, between New England and Buffalo. I would still lean Buffalo as the favorite, but I don't feel great about it because there are still, you know, those big question marks. Uh, I wanted to also ask you when it comes to the NFC North, where are the – because we hear all about the, the Bears' defense and how great they are, and they're going to be top five, and I believe they're better. I don't know if they're top five, but I believe they're better. But I still don't have a lot of belief in that quarterback position, even though Nick Foles has been able to guide a Philadelphia Eagles team to a championship. I don't know if, if Nick Foles is dramatically better than Mitch Trubisky, and I don't know if, if Matt Nagy is going to give him the plays to call to actually make him very successful. That's been proven at times to be where Nagy almost tries to be the smartest guy in the room and outthinks himself. So how good can the Bears be, or do you think the Bears will be? Yeah, I think, you know, an 8-8 eight and eight type of team, again, is, is probably in the cards for the Bears. So they are, they're kind of the, the poster child team for don't just rely on your defense. You know, your offense is going to dictate the action. They're coming off the 2018 season where they clearly had the best defense in the NFL. They were fantastic. And last year they regressed quite a bit. They were still very good, but they regressed quite a bit. And, you know, their offense also regressed, but you just could not – you can't just bank on your defense year in, year out. So for the Bears to get back to 2018, they would have to you know, almost stumble into uh, a 2018 type of defensive performance. I think Nick Foles is highly volatile. We've seen him. The, the high-end play has been ridiculous. The, the NF, NFC Championship in 2017, the Super Bowl that season. But outside of that, he's really been a roller coaster ride. He's had some horrible games in there, too, and, ju- and he's been just okay. So you're you're riding the roller coaster and, and hoping that Nick Foles gets hot for a stretch and, and can get you to ten wins if you're if you're the Bears. But I think uh, I, I think it's going to be a struggle as, as loaded as the entire NFC is. I think you know they might be more of just a, a five hundred at best type of team. I want to look back. I want to go back into the Packers and kind of where we started. Um, the Packers had stated, uh, Matt LaFleur and uh, Mike Pettin, that it was just some things they needed to work on, and Matt LaFleur had a lot of confidence in his young wide receiving core and that they felt that the receivers that were coming up in the draft were not as good or on the same level as what they already had, so there was no reason to go ahead and draft uh, additional wide receivers. How good do you think this Packers wide receiving core actually is? I mean, we're going to come out with rankings at some point this offseason, this offseason and I, I can't imagine that they're going to be outside of the bottom eight or bottom five. And that's just on paper. I mean, when you look at you look at the NFL today, the best teams, I mentioned the Bills, Stephon Diggs, one of the best route runners, Cole Beasley, excellent slot receiver, John Brown, legitimate deep threat. You can look at three receivers on that team with very specific roles and defined skill sets that are going to help the Buffalo Bills win. I don't see that on the Packers. I see Devontae Adams, who's awesome, great route runner. He can get open at every level of the field, great rapport with, with Aaron Rodgers. That's going to be fantastic. And then I see a whole bunch of number three type of wide receivers. Alan Lazard can be a nice complimentary piece. Uh, MBS can be complimentary. Equinemius, complimentary. Devin Funches, you know, a big body threat who's never really put it all together. I mean, it would take one of those guys taking a massive step forward, and maybe they, maybe that will happen. You know, the Packers know their personnel well. Maybe that will happen. But on paper, 
It doesn't look attractive. It would also take Jay Sternberger, who I do, who I do like quite a bit, having him, you know, with a real breakout season. You know, the, the tight end position on paper doesn't look great because Sternberger's an unknown. You're not going to rely on Mercedes Lewis to do a whole lot in the past game. Um, but it would take a breakout season from Sternberger to get out of that top five or top eight uh, in the league, um, you know, ranking as far as uh, all playmakers go. So I think there's a lot of question marks in Green Bay when it comes to the receivers, especially when you compare to the rest of the league and their peers. Steve, great stuff. I appreciate it. We'll probably touch base again, obviously, down the road and as the season gets ready to uh, culminate. But uh, thanks for joining us for a couple of minutes, buddy. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, pal. Steve Palazzolo, senior analyst for Pro Football Focus, a fantastic source of reference at PFF underscore Steve on Twitter, at PFF underscore Steve. That's over on Twitter. He joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been getting it done. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.